What's up, everyone? This is your host, Matt Vogt of The Lifestyle Practice, where we help dentists like you achieve your goals and take your practice to the next level. We're not just podcasters, as you know. Our main way we work with dentists like you is through one-on-one coaching. We also work together via our online learning course, TLP Academy, which you can gain access to by visiting our website or by clicking the link in the show notes, and also through our exclusive TLP Mastermind Groups, which you probably heard Derek is launching his next group, uh, I believe, in the next few months, and signups for that are now open. So if you want to join Derek's group, go visit our website and sign up or shoot him an email with any questions. If you're interested in working together or if you have some questions for me, feel free to email me at matt at com. Don't be a stranger. Always love hearing from everybody who's listening to the show, so feel free to reach out. It's honestly crazy that the end of 2023 has come up so fast. I know it's cliche to talk about how the years go by faster and faster as each one passes, but it's it's really true. And you know, it's it's funny. A year feels like such a long time when you think about it or when it's January and then you get to the end of the year and you realize, "Oh, that's that wasn't long at all." And especially in the context of your business, you think you can accomplish so much in a year. And if you're not careful, it goes by really, really quickly. So I think having perspective and thinking about how quickly time can pass if you're not careful is a good thing. And that's kind of like a stoic mindset, knowing that our time on this planet is limited for sure. Uh, But you've got to be intentional and you've got to try to get the most out of your time if you want to make progress. If we're talking about, you know, in the context of your life and your business. This is something I haven't talked about yet on the podcast, but my wife is actually due with our first child this coming March, which we are very, very excited about. And you know, with that, I won't be needing to acquire or borrow any children from my partner, Steve or Derek. So that's nice. I get to have one of my own. So pretty pumped about that. But uh, you know, personally, as, as I've approached the end of this year and, and with that perspective of having a growing family, I've thought even more about the importance of being intentional with my time and laser focused on the important things in my business, in my life. And it's not just looking at it from a selfish lens, although you know, you've got to take care of your, yourself first and foremost and your family, but it's more looking at, a, at it through a lens of how can I create more time and energy to do great things in this world? And I know I've got to have a plan at all times or things get off the rails. But that plan is especially important heading into what will be a wonderfully life-changing, exciting, and, and busy year for, for me personally. So part of having a great year going forward, and, and this might apply to you in 2024, I think is about setting yourself up for success right now, being proactive and not sitting back. So today, I'm just going to share five specific habits of mine that I make sure to check off my list at the end of each year so that I can feel confident heading into the year ahead. And I'd encourage you to consider them as well or form some some habits of your own. But these are habits that I've kind of formed and tweaked really over the, over the past number of years uh, to really feel confident going into the new year. All right. So number one, set productive goals. This sounds obvious. But these are not New Year's resolutions. I hate New Year's resolutions. These are productive, specific, and ambitious goals. Now, the key with goals is that you have a combination of goals that are 
process-based and results-based. So let me talk a little bit more about what I mean. When we're talking about these two different types of goals, it's important that we focus on our process and not always on results. So in our context as, as dentists, let's say your goal is, I want to have a $2 million practice. Okay, great goal to have. That's a results-based goal. You've defined that number. You should also give yourself a deadline. I want to have a $2 million practice by the time I am age whatever. But then we've got to have process-based goals that will get us there. So if you're trying to grow your practice, if you're trying to be successful, maybe those process-based goals are, I am going to show up on time for team huddle every single morning for the entire year. I am going to offer same-day treatment to patients every time that it's available, even if I don't really want to that day. Those are part of your process. So defining these little things will get you to the results that you're, that you're trying to achieve. So what I like to do is, at the, at the end of the year, I like to set one, five, and 10-year goals, both professionally and personally. And what's fun is once you start doing this, you are going back to review your, your goals from, from the previous year, 365 days ago, seeing how you did and tweaking things going forward. But it's amazing the, the direction you can get from just setting goals and stating them out loud to yourself. It's amazing how clear your vision can become when you step foot in your office or when you, you know, step foot in the house at home and, and you're thinking about your personal goals. If you don't have, you know, your North Star that's really guiding you, you can feel rudderless. You can feel like you don't really know what you're supposed to do day by day. So set some productive goals. Habit number two, assess your practice like a patient would. It's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day grind. I hope that means you're very busy and you're productive. Maybe you are growing your practice beyond what you thought you could, or maybe you're making more money than you ever thought you could. And that's when the little things start to slip. That's when it's really easy to get away from your habits, your process goals that are getting you to where you you are and, and propelling you to where you want to be. So I like to take a, a time each year, and it's at the end of the year a lot of the time, to think like a patient would. So walk in through the front door, sit on the front couch, smell what the reception area smells like, walk through the back door, walk through the office and and listen to the team and how they're talking to patients, uh, listen to some phone calls, see how those are all sounding, and really get into the mind of a patient. And if you do this, you're going to find some things that you want to tweak and you want to change. You're going to hear some things that might make you cringe a little bit, or you're going to see some things that you say, oh gosh, why, why is that the way it is? Do not be afraid to uncover things like this and change some things in your practice. I know that this is kind of uncomfortable because it usually means that we're facing some realities of what's going on in our practice that we maybe don't want to deal with. Just an example from my own practice and when I did this the other day, I walked into, we have two restrooms in the office. One is in the in the reception area and one is in the, the back office. And the team uses that as well as patients who are already in the back office. And so I, I walked in there, I, I think I had to grab some paper towels and 
I also thought, you know, I haven't been in here in a while. I want to see what this looks like. And it was a wreck. And I was mortified. I was, I was embarrassed. I was thinking, oh gosh, there's patients that come in here and they, and they see this and they see dirty floors and they see some spots on the mirror. And that's a direct reflection on my practice. If we can't get the details right of keeping a bathroom clean, how can a patient have confidence in us getting details right in their treatment? Now that's a little bit of a stretch, but it's true. I, I would definitely, it definitely left an impression on me. So what did I do? Well, I just got on my hands and knees and started cleaning the bathroom. And I, I had a feeling I, what would happen next. It took a few minutes, but one of my assistants uh, walked over and just kind of peeked in and said, doc, are you okay? Thinking I was having some sort of breakdown, I guess, by cleaning the bathroom. But what I wanted to, to express there was I am not afraid to, to do this. I, if I'm going to ask my team to do this, I should be able to, to do this as well. Now, should I be the one cleaning the bathroom all the time? No, definitely not. But I wanted to show them, hey, this is important, important enough for me to be doing this in between patients right now. And so we realized, okay, this is something we need to focus more detail on. And it's now getting addressed when, whenever it's needed to be addressed. So I would have never caught that if I hadn't been walking around and thinking like a, like a patient in my practice. So get in the mindset of a patient and, and think about how you can improve. And I bet you'll find some things that you want to, to modify going into the new year to help create a better patient experience, which, as we all know, is going to affect your practice positively in a number of different ways. Habit number three, run some key year-end reports. So we're not big reports guys at TLP. You all know that. But I think there are some good reports that you can run, some metrics you can analyze to start to kind of clean things up in your practice management system as you head into the new year. There's two things I really like to look at. I like to look at the aging of our accounts receivable, and I like to look at outstanding insurance claims that are over 30 days old and still haven't been paid back to our practice. And the reason I like to look at those, which I look at them monthly, but I really dive into it at the end of each year with my front desk team, is I want them to know that I'm keeping an eye on this. I want them to know that I support them and I'm there to help them if they need it, because there are tricky situations that come up with understanding insurance and, and billing in your practice. And the end of the year is a really good time to try to clean up this as much as possible. Maybe you catch some claims that didn't get sent correctly. Maybe you've got some appeals you need to, to get out for uh, insurance, or maybe patients have been, haven't been sent statements or something slipped through the cracks. Getting this all cleaned up, it, it really feels almost cleansing to me <laughs> at, the, at the end of the year. And not only does it kind of get you set off on the right foot for 2024 or the next year, but this is a really good time too. If you, if you pick up on anything like maybe front office systems that are affecting these reports or causing any issues with collections, you can make some policy and systems changes that are needed in your practice. And like I said, come January, the moment you get back from Christmas break, you're ready to roll. Habit number four. This is one of my favorites. Pick something to say no to in the upcoming year. This is one of, like I said, my, my favorites and probably one of my wife, wife's favorites too. So what we like to do, and this usually happens when we're setting our goals for the year, is we list out our commitments. We list out the things that take up time, that take up energy in our lives. And these can be both in your 
personal life and in your business and in your practice. And we try to pick out more things that we can say no to. Because every time you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. And if you're saying yes to something that isn't that important in the grand scheme of things, then you're saying no potentially to something that is important. I think it's important to look at this and see if your yeses and nos align with those productive goals that you just put in place. Because if they don't, you've got to modify those. But once again, if you don't have goals in the first place, how are you going to know if your yeses and nos are correct? So that's where the magic happens and, and what can make this a really good thing to do before you step into the new year. For me, professionally, there's a couple things that I'm going to say no to next year. I'm saying no to checking my practice email on the weekends or any time besides two specific times during the week because there is very rarely an emergency that happens that pops up in that email. It's almost always just stuff that has to be dealt with that can either be delegated or it can be handled at a different time. And if anything truly emergent happens, and my team knows this and my patients know this, they have other ways to get in contact. Another no that I have is to staying later than 15 minutes after a clinical day ends if there's not an emergency. I've gotten into a really bad habit, especially not having children yet, of just saying, you know what, I've got all this stuff to do. I'm going to stay late. I'm going to do it tonight. And honestly, it's, it's gotten me really close to getting burnt out over the years. So I need to focus better on leaving after patient care is done for the day and setting aside time throughout the, the normal course of the day to address little odds and ends instead of pushing it all till the end of the day and then staying at the office late. Personally, I'm saying no to drinking alcohol without a special occasion. I wear a Whoop a fitness tracker and it tracks my sleep and my recovery each day. And what I started to notice was if I had a drink too close to bed or one or two more drinks than I normally would just on a, on a random occasion, it would kill my sleep. It would kill my recovery. And with each passing year, I feel like it, it would you know, kind of burn me out and make me, my brain feel fuzzy for multiple days at a time. And so I realized that this wasn't pushing me towards my goals and the things that I wanted to accomplish in life. It wasn't getting me closer to the people I love or the, the, the things I love to do because not everything has to be about productivity and, and hitting goals. It just wasn't something that was really fitting in with what I wanted my life to look like. So we're going to say no to drinking alcohol without you know a special occasion. And habit number five, meet with your team members individually. These are not just year-end reviews. I like the idea of meeting with your team members as often as is reasonable in your practice. You've probably heard all of us, Derek, Steve, Justin, and I talk about this on the podcast before, but we're big on quarterly meetings with your team members individually and doing that until you feel like you really have a good line of communication open with your team. For me, I've arrived at doing this semi-annually now, but initially I was doing quarterly. And you really can't over-communicate with your team. If you're just doing this annually, it starts to feel like a total formality, or it can. And you know what both of you are thinking about the whole time. You're thinking about who's going to bring up a raise and when that's going to happen. And you really can't get anything accomplished because that's the elephant in the room. And I don't like the idea of year-end raises that are expected at you know December of, of every single year because 
it, like I said, it just starts to become a formality. It starts to become expected. Now, we should be giving our team members raises. We should be compensating them really, really well. But I like the idea of trying to make them fall at other times of the year, too. One of those reasons being the holiday time, Christmas time, the raise starts to feel like a gift that's just like a part of the time of the year, not something that's correlated to a team member's performance in the office. So I try to shoot for, and I've learned this the hard way, like around the springtime or summertime, not around the holidays for for raises. Not saying don't give raises, just saying try not to make it correlate with this year-end event that you have with each team member. And when you're meeting with your team members, really check in with them. Ask them what's going well. Ask them what's not going well. Ask them how you can be a better boss and a better leader. Don't be afraid to uncover some bad things if you have to. Don't be afraid to eat crow. And if you want to have an incredible life, if you want to have an incredible practice, if you want to make the big bucks, you've got to be willing to do uncomfortable things. And a lot of the time that means hearing feedback from potentially your team members that's uncomfortable and being honest with yourself about the things that you need to improve. But you're never going to know those things until you have these, these meetings with your, with your team and you have these opportunities for honest and open communication. If you're not having these regular check-ins with your team, that's going to increase the potential that you could, I guess, get blindsided by something, some event when it comes to your, to your employees. So don't be afraid to check in more often with your team. If you're listening to this podcast and you're, you're in the office this week and this sounds like something you want to do, just let everyone know, hey, I'd like to set a meeting up with each one of you individually. I'd like to get some feedback on how the year went and what we're looking to accomplish together in 2024 and how I can be the best leader of our team. So we're going to set those up and chat for about 15 to 30 minutes could be before we get started with our day or during lunch or after, knock them out and you'll be amazed at how good you feel afterward and the great information and great communication you can have with your team members. So those are five habits, five things that I do at the end of every year. And I do them now before it's January or before it's the week of Christmas break and I'm on the couch and I get that feeling of, oh crap, I'm going to go back into the office next week and it's a new year what's my plan again? Like, what am I really trying to accomplish? No, I want to be ready to roll after the holidays pass. And this helps me enjoy this time of the year more as well as a business owner and as a person, knowing I've got a plan going forward. One of my best mentors always told me over and over to live by the five P's of life. Prior planning prevents poor performance. And it's kind of silly, but it's always been stuck in my head and it couldn't be more true. So go try these habits out to finish up your year or form some of your own year-end habits so you can crush it in 2024. If you've got any questions for me, you know how to reach me, matt at thelifestylepractice.com. Like I said before, don't be a stranger. I love hearing from everyone who is listening. But until next time, cheers and Merry Christmas, everybody. Take care. Sicker than your average.